And in essence, a, a normal sperm has got an oval head, neck, tail, and you see all sorts of weird and wonderful abnormalities. Mm. And the vast majority of our sperm are slightly odd in shape or size, which is probably why we have to produce so many mm. normally to ever get the job done. Mm. So it's very normal to have 95, 96% of our sperm abnormal. Mm. Anything above that, we think, begins to impact on things. I'm Chris Lawson. In 2015, I started my journey into the world of IVF. A long way, there was heartache, pain, wacky diets, loss of faith, and a lot of needles. It's a roller coaster ride and can feel very lonely, especially for the partner, usually male. That's why I decided to start up this podcast, IVF Dad. This is my story and features some of the experts we met along the way, complete with advice, support, and money saving tips. Episode 3 Test, 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 the MOT. So, have you been previously tested for STDs? Uh, no. Any reason to think you should have any? Trish is sitting quietly and waiting for my answer. She and I hadn't been together very long when we took the IVF plunge, and new relationships are strange things, you know, the responsible conversation that you're meant to have when considerably checking that there's nothing the other partner should know about. Normally done over a bottle of wine or three in the morning, but you don't expect that to happen in the doctor's surgery. Together. Or I didn't. And it's only years later that you might share those stories and you realise that it's more common than you think. This was a question that I remembered, but there is a whole series of questions to work out your history and any relevant information. Anyway, it turns out this is the equivalent of having your car serviced. Nothing gets revealed until they look under the bonnet. And you can sit and wait, but you might as well multitask and do a few things as you still aren't going to get any answers along the way. Trish and I both left that consultation with a long list of tests to get done. Hers were all about FSH levels, that's follicle-stimulating hormone, and progesterone levels to check for ovulation. And before you start IVF, you should both be offered tests for HIV, hepatitis B and C. This is to reduce the risk of passing those infections on to any resulting children or to other people. And I left with a sperm test referral form, the first of many. A sperm test. Sounds stupid, but at this point, you can't avoid the realisation that the issue could be with me. In a previous relationship, my ex-wife had been pregnant, but sadly it had ended in multiple miscarriages, five of them. So I knew it was possible at least. I also knew the immense pain that brought, and there was always a feeling that maybe there was something to do with my genetics. What I didn't realise is that male fertility is affected by age as well, or that optimum performance is dramatically affected by a wide range of factors. 40 to 50% of all fertility issues at least are male ones. I had my sperm test done at the NHS lab at University Hospital London. If you can get your test done on the NHS, then you can save a bit of cash. I fitted the appointment in a meeting slot on my calendar and planned on heading back to work before anyone missed me or felt like they should inquire where I had been, which I really didn't fancy divulging. The instructions were no sex for three days beforehand. Arrive promptly and fill in this quite detailed form. It included stuff about cycling long distances, extreme form of exercise, I remember that. I vaguely remember reading that cycling may affect sperm count as well as tight genes, but I didn't know what was fact or what was fiction. 
I got ushered into a room and told that the IKEA chest of drawers with wheels on would contain some reading material. I was given a jar, which I really hoped they didn't expect me to fill to the top. And the male nurse reminded me to lock the door. Trust me, the last thing I needed to be reminded was to lock the door. So, I wanted to provide some handy tips in this podcast, but this is one area I'm just going to skip over. A few things that did start to come out to make sense. You were not meant to have sex for three days before the test, but you shouldn't leave it too long. There was an optimum time to find the best quality sperm. It reminded me of a job in the pub years back, changing the cast barrels. You change the barrel, pull the handle, and the first beer looks all right, but everyone knows it isn't. So although we keep producing sperm, not all sperm is ejaculated equal. But then this was the killer for me. It takes about two and a half months to make a sperm start to finish. And therefore, any quick fixes isn't going to make a blind bit of difference next week. But hey, in the infertility game, you realise that there are rarely any quick fixes. Okay, so just whilst you get ready for marathon training, you might make a few moves before actually committing to that first training run. Whilst I'm waiting for results, I'm told, baggy boxer shorts and cooler, not piping hot baths. Plus, don't put your laptop on your lap, especially if it's Adele. Sperm doesn't like heat. I was also advised by Dr. Taylor to take vitamin C, E, selenium and omega-3 fish oil. We'll find out why later. Then the results come back. I'm imagining a school report with a nice running commentary. Christopher's sperm has an outstanding ejaculation. What they lack in youthfulness, they more than make up for in tenacity. But although I'm provided a simple-to-use guide, it's pretty hard to get your head around. Someone talks me through the results from the hospital. So from memory, I think this is what it said. But don't worry, I'm going to get an expert to talk it through. So there are three main criteria for a sperm test. How it's formed, how fast it swims, what shape it is. It will measure the sperm count or concentration, so how many sperm you have, sperm motility, how many of them swim, the semen volume, how much semen you make. And then it will also look at what's called morphology, the shape of the sperm. And do you know what? I think anything other than perfect scores is gonna feel a bit crushing. So in summary, basically 10 out of 10 for effort, but your sperm are going to struggle. So don't give up, but you're going to need a helping hand, so to speak. My diagnosis was that my sperm are okay swimmers, but were in bad shape, literally. And the head shape is important because it affects the sperm's ability to dissolve the outer surface of an egg and fertilize it. So if you want to maximize your chances, some sort of intervention is required. At this stage, I'm not keen to think what that actually means. This is also impacted a bit by my age, but not dramatically. So what was my grandfather? Some sort of superhero? Two kids in his 70s? Mick Jagger comes to mind as well. Look at the life he's led. In fact, all the blokes that have conceived are 60 plus. But then again, apart from my grandfather... You're never sure whether science has given a helping hand or not. So basically what I'm saying is don't judge yourself so hard. And there is a ticking clock, not just for females, but also for men, but not ticking nearly as fast. 
So I'm digesting this news at the same time Trish is waiting for all of her test results. I'm thinking I could be the one holding us back here. And the consultant is definitely not going to come up to us, pat us on the back, tell us that we're elite athletes, give us our money back. One way or another, we need help. Or more to the point, I need help. Even the embryologist on the phone seems pretty relaxed and tells me it's fixable, but we don't go into details. I'm also confused. I know that I can get to the second fertility-based pregnancy from my past, but never past it. Is it me that's holding us back? I then fall down the black hole that embraces you throughout the journey. What if this is my fault? As I said, it can be an early stage that some men are given what must be incredibly tough news. 1% of us do not have any sperm and therefore will not be able to conceive naturally. If that is you and you know that you can't conceive naturally as your sperm is in the it's never going to get there if we are honest camp rather than it could do better camp, my heart goes out to you. When you think you have a cause or could be the cause, There is embarrassment, shame, guilt, feelings of loss and emptiness. But there are also workarounds. But you need to know when you are ready to consider them. More of that in future episodes. So, we're going to have a fact check and talk to the doctors. The actual percent of abnormal sperm in a sample is around 95%. That's abnormal sperm. So don't be shocked when you see the result. Remember, 15 million can get produced. So even if, like me, you're down to a 2% of normal shaped sperm, then that is still 300,000 and it only takes one. Let's talk about male infertility. Males are found to be solely responsible for 20 to 30% of infertility cases and contribute to over 50% of cases overall. And as I mentioned before, 1% of the male population doesn't have any sperm. Common male infertility issues, abnormal sperm production or function, problems with the delivery of the sperm, getting it out there, or damage relating to cancer and the treatment of cancer, or environmental factors or effects of medicines and drugs which are needed in order to treat something else. So I said I'd get an expert to explain a bit more about what we're looking for in a sperm sample. Dr. James Nicopolis is a specialist in male fertility, clinical director at the hospital, a gynaecologist and an expert in reproductive medicine. There's a few things we look at on a sperm sample. And the first thing is the volume of fluid that you produce. It's a a very artificial environment, so that's the, the least important thing. But thereafter, it's how many sperm? So the lab will, will assess a small area of the sample and count the sperm and, um, and with a calculation it give us an idea of what the total number is. And ideally, we want to see more than 15 million sperm per mill of fluid. We then look at the movement of the sperm. Not just the movement, though, but in essence, the ones that are moving in some semblance in the right direction. So mm. we look at progressive motility. And we want ideally more than about 30 or 35% to be progressively motile. We then look under the microscope in a bit more detail as to, as to the shape of the sperm. And, and in essence, a... Uh, a normal sperm has got an oval head, neck, tail, and you see all sorts of weird and wonderful abnormalities. Mm. And the vast majority of our sperm are slightly odd in shape or size, which is probably why we have to produce so many mm. normally to ever get the job done. Mm. 
So it's very normal to have 95, 96% of our sperm abnormal. Mm. Anything above that, we think, begins to impact on things. And the key is that people often come to see us having seen a GP and had a, one of those three or four things that are slightly low. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you've got 50 million sperm rather than 15, but only 25% are moving rather than 30%, yeah. overall, still a really good number of motile sperm. So it's important to look at the whole picture and also look at the whole picture in the context of the relationship. If yeah. the sperm is slightly abnormal, but your partner's 30, you've got some time to play with. Yeah. Don't panic, keep trying. If your sperm's slightly abnormal, but your partner's 43, time is slightly more of the essence, so probably worth being a bit more proactive. So mm. it's looking at the whole picture. So I had a reduced count of 11.3 million, but then high abnormal forms of 98%. You yeah. think, wow, that, that sounds like yeah, an awful absolutely. lot. And yes, 98% of sperm being abnormal sounds terrible, but if I were to turn around and say 96% what actually would have been deemed okay, mm. doesn't sound mm -hmm. quite so bad. Yeah. Because we're still talking at 2% of 11 million is a lot of sperm. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, um, it's a difficult process for the sperm to get the job done. So yeah, you as many as need you a can. bit of help. Yeah, you can stimulate an ovary in many different ways to get the eggs, and that depends on a woman's age and her egg reserve. Once you get the eggs, then the decision on how you fertilize them pretty much depends on the quality of the sperm. Well, I think the, the one of the things that sort of struck me as I went through it is that moment when they said, right, so we need to do a sperm test on you, and you're thinking, wow. Yeah, it, it could be me. And uh, it really does start make you reevaluate things, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that oh, the whole process of, of producing a sperm sample, as you know, isn't exactly the, the, the nicest process in the world. We're not designed to produce to order in the environment that we inflict yeah. it upon people. So it may well be that's a bit of a moment of, okay, a reality check hits at that point. All the initial investigation of infertility is the woman that has it. The initial presentation to the GP is often the woman mm. that goes there. So it's almost as if we join the party a little bit later on. The party is a yeah. terrible word, but the process later yeah. on. And because of that, maybe, you know, maybe, I don't know what it was like for you, but maybe some men are in an element of denial yeah. up until that point because we're not part of the process. I think the other reality, which it sounds like a stupid question, but is when you consider yourself infertile, are you infertile if you don't manage to get to, to birth or are you infertile if you don't manage to get to, to pregnancy? Oh, that's a really good question. I don't think there is an, there is an absolute right or wrong answer. It's very hard to, to, to label anybody as infertile or subfertile. I think really an inability to achieve a live birth, probably as a couple, makes you as a couple subfertile. Yeah. And for a man... It's only in a scenario where you've got no sperm at all mm. can I say to you, you're not going to get your partner pregnant. Mm, mm, mm. Because there's lots and lots of talk about sperm numbers, motility, mm. morphology. At the end of the day, if you've got some sperm there, you could still get your partner pregnant. And yeah. the chances of that, yes, depend on how many you've got, but also how young your partner is. Yeah. So yeah. as long as you've got some sperm, it doesn't always correlate very well with if you're going to get the job done. So if you had to put it in percentage terms, so what sort of percent just can't? manage it because they haven't got sperm so about one percent of men have got no sperm at all in the ejaculate one percent so, yeah so it's, you know and, and i i think when i first saw that start, i was quite surprised yeah. i thought it would be a lot lower than that yeah but one percent of us have got no sperm in the ejaculate at all yeah now you know in that scenario about half of half of men are producing sperm but there's some sort of obstruction there right and about half of half of those men 
there's a production problem. Mm-hmm. And that's where it's a little bit trickier to be able to get the sperm we need and get the job done. That's, I mean, that's really fascinating in terms of like that 1%. I, I think that would be sort of quite shocking news to most guys. It actually. is. It is. And I think that you may walk into a consultation expecting to hear, oh, your sperm count isn't quite as good as, as it could be. Yeah. But I think to hear you've got none at all is often a very, you know, very difficult moment. I mean, yeah, it's even quite emotional hearing it, to yeah. be honest, because you, it, it, just takes me back and you're sat there in those rooms and you're thinking this this is my future we're talking about here our dreams but when you're in that situation and you've got your sperm results coming back and you're thinking wow I'm gonna find out whether that's me or not that's that's quite a moment does anyone ever get a perfect sperm test result is is it like I I suppose they do I suppose in in um in some scenarios, you you know, you do see the same way as you get women with a very good AMH and a good egg reserve. You see men with a really good sperm number. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do very, very briefly see that look of relief or, um, yeah, that look of relief on their face before they suddenly almost take a, uh, take a step back and think, actually, it doesn't change anything because yeah. we're still here together. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and in a way, thinking about it, there shouldn't be any sort of relief or, or glee about about one person's test being great, but you can understand that initial that initial moment. Yeah, I think so. I think um, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting it's an interesting stage because there's a, there's a bit of guilt associated yeah. with it where you yeah, don't yeah. really want it to be you, yeah. but it's a team game. You know, yeah, it's going to take both of you in order to to deliver on that. No, absolutely. Yeah. And then Alison suggested I took a, a whole load of sort of nutrients. Yep. And came back, and actually, my my results had improved. Which Excellent. Was I was like striding around that day? I can tell you. <laughs> so it can it can improve, can't it? It can, it can do. I, it's tricky because for most people, they're not doing enough wrong mm. from a diet and lifestyle point of view to change. Sure. Because, you know, unless you're smoking thirty a day and drinking a bottle of vodka a night, yeah. Then it's there's a, there's a then it's an easy easy fix. But mm. for most people. Any nutritional supplements, antioxidants are going to give you a little bit of an improvement, uh, but it's not going to be a game changer. So, so it'd be useful just to understand some of those myths and uh, and some of those sort of facts as well. A couple of things that certainly was confusing was level of alcohol. Yes, you know, if you were a smoker, I'd be screaming from the rooftops. Really good evidence that it impacts on sperm quality, sperm number, sperm genetics, and miscarriage risk. The evidence with alcohol isn't really there. Um, you know, there's nobody has shown me a really good study that shows that uh, a reasonable level of alcohol intake is going to impact on either sperm number significantly or um, IVF outcome. A recent study showed, I believe, that up to about 20 units a week didn't impact on IVF outcome. Mm-hmm. So I think although most people are going to want to feel like they're doing everything they can and will often stop, yeah, probably isn't changing the outcome. Yeah, I think I think our, our approach was moderation absolutely the way it's, it's exactly what i would say what about exercise if you're you know if you're lance armstrong but then again if you're lance armstrong you've got probably other problems that might be impacting on mm. your on your sperm production but if you're cycling to such an extent for eight or nine hours a day the testicular temperature is going to increase then that may marginally affect sperm production but it yeah. really has to be at those sorts of levels yeah um sort of recreational exercise is not going to be impacting negatively on Mm-hmm. Uh, on fertility and if anything it's going to be counterproductive to to recommend anybody stop that and what about stress my default my default cheesy line is that is don't be stressed about being stressed mm. because this is a hard enough process without beating yourself up about something else as well and you know there are always going to be life stresses out there 
But no, again, there isn't significant data that suggests that that stress is going to impact on the genetics of egg and sperm. And yeah. those are the key factors. Yeah. You know, and again, a nice study showed that you know, stress caused by fertility problems or other life events sort of co-occurring with treatment didn't, didn't seem to outcome, uh, affect the outcome. Yeah, yeah. And what about heat? Don't put your laptop on your, yeah. your lap, that's a couple of red, um, versus wear your boxer shorts rather than any tight-fitting briefs. Again, the, the, the boxer shorts, none of that's going to impact on testicular temperature so much that it's going to affect the outcome of a treatment cycle or be the, the potential cause for, mm. for subfertility. There were a couple of studies that suggested possibly laptops may affect sperm parameters in some shape or form but again nobody showed that affected the chance of anybody getting pregnant yeah from from what i know so again yeah avoid avoid the laptop on the lap perhaps but there's no great evidence to support it so what happens if you do get a clean bill of health do you strut out there with your paper slamming it down on the table for your girlfriend wife partner singing i've got 99 problems but my sperm ain't one i suggest you don't you've got to see this as a team game Everyone needs to own their goalkeeper's mistakes. Defence is as important as offence. Bass player is as important as lead guitarist, especially if you're a new order. Or any other shit analogy I can think of. Yes, it's important to celebrate the mini victories, but make sure you do it together. You're only going to win when you focus on the end result and you can't compete against each other on this. And everything is part of the journey. Next episode, we get a full house in IVF bingo and start to play fertility roulette with our life savings. Plus, I provide some money-saving tips. Thank you for listening. This has been IVF Dad. I started this podcast to provide support during the lonely fertility journey and ensure others didn't suffer in silence. So please do share it with anyone it can help. Log on to IVFdad.com. I would love to hear from you and hear your stories. For future episodes, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google, etc. Follow us on Insta and Twitter at IVF Dad Podcast. And on the website, check out the email and the show notes. There's some great links, advice and money saving tips. Stay healthy, stay positive, And remember, it only takes one. <laughs>